Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome back uh, to uh, the Yaffe program. There's a Wall Street Journal op-ed that contends underinvestment in the nation's health infrastructure will remain a problem until lawmakers end government micromanagement of health care. Innovators and entrepreneurs must be free to serve patients in urgent need of affordable and accessible care. That was written by Kevin Schmidt, co-authored by Thomas Kimbrell. In the Wall Street Journal, talking about certificate of need regulations that exist in many states, including here in Alabama. And COVID, what happened during the COVID pandemic really exposed the damage done by these laws. So joining me right now is Kevin Schmidt. He is with uh, Americans for Prosperity Foundation. He's been investigating this for a while. Kevin, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So talk about how these laws, these con laws, really mess things up during the pandemic. Well, I mean, uh, governors across the country realize this immediately, and that's why they, including in Alabama, they passed executive orders bypassing these con laws, allowing hospitals to add beds and, and expand facilities without having to go through this really central planning and just terrible process that bogs down health care and leads to bad outcomes for patients and for people that just want to make a living in the healthcare industry. Yeah, you say it's central planning. I mean, you're exactly right. To me, it sounds like something Stalin would have come up with in the Soviet Union. Oh, our government agency is deciding what you need. So we have these certificate of needs laws. I mean, it really is just one of the biggest examples of central planning, like you said. Well, right. I mean, in Alabama, the agency that decides these, these questions it has a very I named the State Health Planning and Development Agency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They know what's best. Patient demand and what communities need is not factored in. It's about what the folks uh, in state government, in collusion with some of the biggest health care providers in the state, because they get to make these decisions in most states, including Alabama. And it's for their protection. It's, it's to prevent competition and uh, serve patients. Yeah, and what is the what is the thinking behind this? Like, why do these laws exist in the first place? Sure. So way back in the 1970s, the federal government was worried about cost inflation. So they required all states across the nation to pass these laws in order to get federal health care dollars. The idea was if we had saturation of services, that cost to Medicare and Medicaid and other programs would, would go through the roof because uh, and it never really made sense back then. But by the time the, the 1980s rolled around, 1987, they repealed that that mandate. And ever since then, the federal government has actually been very good on this issue, which is which is odd. Across administrations, the, the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice Antitrust Department have been urging states, among the Obama administration, the Trump administration, the Clinton administration, telling them to get rid of these laws. They don't do what they're supposed to do, and they hurt people. Wow. So w- let me get this straight. The federal government is telling states to deregulate? When it comes to this, I'm 
shocked. Wow. <laughs> exactly. It hasn't it has not happened under the Biden administration, unfortunately. But for the past four or five administrations, there's been a, a unified uh, front in that these laws are bad. They don't do what they're supposed to do. They, and, and they've sent testimony to states that have been doing these during their legislative sessions, urging them to get rid of them. Really interesting. Now, have any states done that, gotten rid of them recently? Uh, the most recent was New Hampshire back in 2012, which went through in 2016. But there has been a lot of movement in the states in terms of reform, in terms of removing services from these requirements. Uh, Florida's done two just in the past five years, so they only Good. have a couple of services covered now. South Carolina is looking at passing a complete repeal, possibly this year. It passed the Senate, is pending in the House. Tennessee did a reform just a few years back, and Georgia is also looking at changes as well. Okay, good. So they're taking they're taking it up on the, on the offer. That I mean, that's really good. Do you think the Biden administration will say anything? Or are they kind of going in the opposite direction? Or we don't really know. I, I suspect they won't say anything at all. I mean, this is uh, Lena Khan at the Federal Trade Commission. She's you know one track mind and her sort of quixotic uh, crusade to to crush uh, companies through antitrust. So I don't think she's much worried about this. Oh, that figures, of course. So there are states that, I mean, how many states have these laws? Do you know? 35 states and the District of Columbia. 35. So, I mean, but we have a bunch of other states that don't have these laws. And we're able to look at that and see that they actually don't work. They actually ruin things, right? So the states that don't have it do better in these areas for the most part? Yeah, I mean, healthcare is a complicated issue, but I mean, research across the board, peer-reviewed research, research from other places shows that there's no benefit to these laws, and in a lot of places, they, they do worse. So, for example, uh, the Mercatus Center has done uh, research in every, all, all 50 states on these, and they found with certificate of need, they have fewer hospitals, fewer r- rural hospitals, and that is every state with certificate of need requirements has that problem. Now, now beyond this, I mean... Is this one of the reasons why rural hospitals have more issues? I mean, we hear that all the time in Alabama. That the problem is rural hospitals and all enough beds. I mean, is this one of the one of the reasons that is? Yeah, I mean, getting an, an approval for so just to go into the process for a little bit to get a certificate of need, and this is through most states. You need number. You need two things. First thing you need is a determination from your state board either through a state health plan or through regulations, that there is a need for your specific service in your specific area. So if that's not there, you, you can't even apl- you could apply. You're going to get denied. If that's not there, you're not going to win. Number two, assuming you even get that, op- that application granted, your competitors, and this is in most states, including Alabama, if you get approval, your competitors can challenge that decision in the, at the administrative level, and then they can take you into state court all the way up to the state Supreme Court. And that's going to add hundreds of thousands of dollars, years of litigation. And in some cases, we've seen in other states, it's gone on for decades. Yeah. And in your in your op-ed that you had in the Wall Street Journal, and I'd recommend people read it, you talked a lot about North Carolina. I mean, you talked about how they're one of the top, they have the nation's top medical schools, they have resources, but because of these kind of laws, it, it just really harms their medical system. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. 
Inside Look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. I mean, that's right. For we, we looked at it for 10 years. We looked at applications, and due to denials and, and litigation, there was $1.5 billion of health care that would be there but for these con laws. And that's something we found in, in most states is that there's hundreds of millions of dollars stuck in this process or denied through this process that would have been there without it. And that's, that's the problem here is that there's obviously patient demand for these services that they wouldn't apply for them if they didn't think there was, and they can't open because of some uh, ancient regulatory system. Now, is this the problem with healthcare as a whole in this country? I mean, I, I know I know you might not be an expert on everything, but but it sounds like to me one of the issues we have with our healthcare system in this country is overregulation. Even though the left Democrats say it's the opposite, you know, they want more government involvement. But it seems like when you get down to it, if we actually got rid of some of these regulations for healthcare centers, for doctors, even for insurance companies, it might help things out. Yeah, I mean, number one, it's it's almost a it's a fifty or sixty percent government controlled system. That's who the payer is for most of it. But yeah, I mean, there's other other reforms uh, that that could be done. You mentioned that there's scope of practice, which allows uh, physicians assistants to to do more work here. And I, I live in Georgia here, and when we go to see the pediatrician, it's a it's a physician's assistant. It's not the doctor, and that helps us get more access to care. Um, and there's uh, obviously practicing across state lines for telehealth. There's lots of things that could be done to sort of increase the supply side of healthcare that would help patients. I'm speaking with Kevin Schmidt. He is the Director of Investigations at Americans for Prosperity. We're talking about the damage done by Certificate of Needs regulations. Those do exist in Alabama. As he said, during COVID, a lot of these states, including Alabama, kind of got, you know, extended or got rid of some of these these laws temporarily to add more beds because all of a sudden we needed them and we didn't have enough. Um, I do want to ask you before I let you go, is there anything else that you're working on with Americans for Prosperity that um, that you wanted to talk about? Uh, sure. So we, we also have uh, Freedom of Information Act litigation against the Biden administration. We've been asking for documents on their abuse of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve that they use basically for political purposes. Uh, we have a lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security uh, on their disinformation governance board, which is going to crack down on free speech. And we also have a couple of other investigations in the healthcare space from you go about how they, uh, the improper payment rate in, under Medicaid across the states, it costs the federal government billions of dollars each year, and it's not going to the people that need it. Yeah, that's a serious problem. On the litigation on the, the disinformation governance board, um, yeah, what what is the latest on that? Because I understand they got rid of it. So, um, But it, it, are you worried that they're going to try to bring that back? Well, what is a part of this litigation? That's right. They, they did shut down the board a few months after announcing it. Our concern is that we, we still don't know uh, the full extent of what they were planning with this board and how much of domestic speech was going to be at issue. So that's really what we're sort of trying hmm. to, uh, to figure out. We know from some of the – we've gotten a few document productions. We're still owed many more. But we know that they were looking at what they call irregular migration, which I, I think is uh, illegal immigration. And they were looking at uh, Ukraine. So, I mean, obviously those have very large domestic components of speech. 
So we're trying to get the what plans they were looking at there, number one, and then we're also getting a bunch more documents on the rest of it as well. Yeah, because I'm curious, okay, they come out, they create this board, but what would have been the power of the board? Would they have just recommended things? Would they have actually been able to enforce regulations on speech? I mean, what was the goal here? Yeah, see, that they, they've had trouble explaining this the whole time. And in the documents, we found that when they were briefing Senate staff, they also had no idea. They said, this looks really broad. We don't know what you guys are doing. And we have, you know, they say hmm. that they were just coordinating work within DHS that's already happening, which might be a problem in itself. But we still don't know because, there's a, as I mentioned, there's two issues that they were working on. But we want more information on what they were thinking about doing with those issues. And they've withheld or redacted a lot of the information, but we're going to fight them on that. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. Kevin Schmidt, he is with Americans for Prosperity Foundation. Really appreciate you coming on the show today, giving us all these details. Um, uh, We'll talk to you again in the future. Thank you so much. All right. There you go. And yeah, the Wall Street Journal op-ed is pretty good. I mean, that's something I haven't talked about in a while. I know I've had Andrew Sorrell on the issue of certificate of needs laws. It's another issue where it's a goal of mine, just get rid of it in this state. Why in the world do we have this Stalinist board that is dictating so much of what a, these healthcare providers are able to do? And it really just hurts things. And the fact that the federal government, even the Obama administration, was calling on states to get rid of it is is kind of kind of telling, I have to say. So that that would be something else I would love the legislature to take up eventually, but 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 we'll see. I want to tell you about the sponsor here. We're Genesis Stem Cell Center. Over the weekend, I did a lot of walking, a lot of standing. That's because, uh, you know, I went to the home show, but I also walked around downtown. I, I, I was The weather was great. Had a great time with my wife, but it was even better because um, I didn't have back pain. There was a time in my life where just walking or being on my feet for a long period of time would hurt my mid-back. Well, not anymore, and that's because of Regenesis. I mean, it is changing my life. My back feels so much better. After we left the home show, you know, we were there for hours, and I told my wife, I'm like, man, I'm I'm amazed how much better my back feels. And um, it gets better over time as well when you get their stem cell treatment. Go to Regenesis Stem Cell Center, get their PRP stem cell treatment. They use your own body stem cells. It's not invasive surgery. It's not taking a bunch of pills. No, it's new innovative treatment that works and you'll be back to work the next day as well, which is awesome. Go to the website, regenesisstemcell.com. Call and make an appointment. Talk to Dr. Charles Lee at 256-715-8193. 256-715-8193. Uh, That's a website for you one more time. When you call my friends at Regenesis, make sure, as always, you tell them Yaffe sent you. Got much more to get to. Will Ainsworth will be joining me at the top of the hour on the Yaffe Program. It's the Yaffe Program on WVNN. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network on YouTube or wherever you listen.